We are live, everybody. Welcome in to your week 15 episode of the Blue and Orange Football Podcast. I am your host, Jacob, over at Roachism 13. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Isaac Gasson, over at Isaac10G on Twitter. Isaac, we got a lot going on here. Like, listen, um, I think we're both on the same end of the spectrum coming off of losses. Um, I think... I don't want to – I'll get into it, this moral victory, no moral victory sort of thing. Um, I think as fans, we're allowed to have moral victories. Uh, I don't think the players are allowed to have moral victories because I think that's the wrong way to approach your profession. (laughs) But um, we'll get into that. So I will – I know that I always take like weed charge on this. So I – no, you got a lot to say about Sunday because I have a like I was um, relatively busy on Sunday with there being a Monday night game, so I watched a little bit of red zone here and there. So I did get some to see some Giants. So I do have some thoughts, but not a ton. So I will turn it over to you, and you 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 just tell me the state of the New York Football Giants. Well, you know, going into Sunday. I was optimistic. I really was. I thought, you know, things are looking good. Some changes have been made. They're playing hard. They're playing strong. And then we go into Sunday, and it's just, it didn't even, honestly, it didn't even start out good. Start off slow, continue to be slow. I mean, turnovers right off the rip. And unfortunately, either Daniel Jones fumbles. You know, he doesn't throw a, a ton of interceptions. I mean, he, he, don't get me wrong, he throws interceptions, but if you go back and count, the vast majority of his turnovers are fumbles. Yeah, he's only got um, nine interceptions on the year. And it's just, it's like, it's, it's crazy. So that, that hurt us right off the rip. But as I was talking to you, you know, that day and throughout the week, Daniel Jones should not have been playing that game. So... Whatever momentum that we were building leading up into meaningful football in December, you know, to get a little bit ahead of myself, I think that the Giants and the coaching uh, staff got a little bit too far down the road and put him back in when he clearly didn't look healthy. The guy didn't run. Mm-hmm. Which is that a big was, part of his – that is a very big underrated yeah. part of his game. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see a game of Daniel Jones not running at least a couple of times. I mean, he is a solid athlete, and he's deceivingly fast when running the ball. And when I didn't start, when I didn't see that in clear situations where you normally see uh, Daniel Jones try to tuck it and run, you know, I was like, okay, he's pretty injured. And then the offensive line, my goodness, man! Like I spoke too soon, they looked awful. They really did. Uh, I, I want to say it was six sacks on him. Maybe it was eight sacks on him. It was a high number, but he was getting hit nonstop during that game. And finally, he got pulled and put into Colt McCoy. But I texted you right at the end of the or beginning of the second half, and they showed Colt McCoy warming up. And so I was anticipating, oh, wow, Colt McCoy's coming in. He's going to play the entire second half. And at that point in time, the Giants were still in that ballgame. Mm-hmm. I mean – the, the Cardinals got the opening drive, went right down the field and scored. And then I thought Colt McCoy was going to come in. They didn't. They kept Daniel Jones in. And props to him, they went right down the field and scored then. And so you got that kind of that feeling of, okay, you know, maybe they made some second half adjustments and they figured things out. But then, you know, props to the Cardinals, man. You know, they, they shut the Giants up. They came out with a 4-4 defense. Um, I read some reports of that surprised the offense a little bit last week, which was, you know, disappointing. Hopefully you'd be prepared for a lot of different things. But, you know, they came up with a good defensive uh, defensive look, and it worked. And Daniel Jones proved that he is, again, kind of ineffective at throwing the ball. I mean, they could not – they couldn't do anything. They were, they were almost one-dimensional. Um, Wayne Gallman, you know, he had an okay game. I think it was like 56, maybe 60 yards uh, rushing. Um, So not terrible, but not what it's been the past four weeks prior to that. But I was disappointed, man. I was disappointed in Jason Garrett. 
I was disappointed of the play calling that I saw, especially with a limit to Daniel Jones. I was disappointed in the play calling that they saw the 4-4 defense. And other than that great drive in the second half, at the very beginning of the second half, I didn't see a lot of adjustments after that to try to change things. So that was really concerning to me. Um, and, you know, whose fault is it putting Daniel Jones out there? Is it Jason Garrett? as he's the offensive coordinator, is it Joe Judge? Is he the head coach or is it both of them? I don't know. But regardless, I mean, if that's your dude, um, and he's coming off of a hamstring injury and you know that he hasn't practiced during the week, um, you put him into a game that's an important game and you just, he struggled the entire time. And, you know, not all on him. Like I said, offensive line was, was awful. But it was just disappointing to see. Um, the defense played as hard as they could. But look, man, I can't blame them. When you're on the field for yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Beat the entire game. Yeah. You can't expect them to pitch a shutout game. Yeah. I mean, your offense has to give your defense some help and give them some breaks. Uh, so they fought as as tough as they could. Uh, but look, Kyler Murray, man, he's fun to watch. When Kyler Murray is right. Like, because you know he's had a couple of bad games here recently, yeah. but but when Kyler Murray is right, I I mean, well, he's got D Hop, and yeah. he should he should he has a you you look at him and you say, oh, Kyler Murray's this little guy, and I mean he is comparative to the other guys, but that dude has a rocket. And he's rocket and he's so shifty. I mean, you can't get a hit on him. No, he, no, he just, and that was the biggest thing. You know, when I saw the Giants. They were getting penetration on the front line there, but that sometimes did them more harm than good. So when you have a when you have a quarterback like that, you really want to do you want to contain you want to contain the pocket and prevent those running and rushing lanes. And as soon as Leonard Williams or Dexter Lawrence would get penetration, that's all it took. And then he sees that lane and he jumps and juice out of there, extends the play, rushes for a first down, or is able to buy enough time to, get, to, to pass the ball. Um, and so, yeah, the Giants were getting penetration, but sometimes, honestly, that, that hurt more than helped. Hey, don't, you don't even need to get me started on penetration. All right, I'm trying not to laugh. Hold on. All right. So, you, <laughs> I know, I'm 12, right? Um you don't need to get me started on penetration actually being a bad thing for a defensive line because the rush, the poor rush lane angles and contain that the Cleveland Browns had on Monday night is the reason they lost that football game. Lamar Jackson, until that, until he comes back and he leads this heroic drive, and we'll talk about what he was doing in that locker room here in a second. We will get on that. I don't care what he said. Listen, as a man who's done the poop dance at least 35 times in my lifetime, I know a poop dance when I see one. Yeah, that was a, that was a certain kind of cramping, if you know what I mean. And how messed up is it that ESPN outed old boy like that? They didn't need to show that on national television. Yeah. I mean, I would have shown it because it's just funny. This is funny. But but also, if I was Lamar Jackson, I would have owned that, man. I would have been like, yeah, man. He did come out and he said, y'all are, he said something along the, the effects of like, y'all are tripping. I was not. And then he put the poop emoji or whatever. And, that, and I think that's all he said about it. But dude, he should have been like, yeah, I went and, you know, took a deuce and then won a football game. Because that's like the greatest story of all time. Just kind of felt something was slowing me down. Got rid of it, you know? Yeah, and he's like, I, had to, I just had to go in there. And, and, and you know, an interesting thing about that since we kind of caveated over there and I'll, and I'll circle back to my thoughts on, on the playing hurt and things like that. Um, so they did ask Lamar about the cramping situation because as we know, Lamar did test positive for COVID-19 on Thanksgiving night. Um, this was his second. Yeah. Cause he played against Dallas. Yeah. He played against Dallas last week. So, but this was his, um, well, it was Baltimore's third game in 13 days, I think, the way, you know, with that game that got switched to Wednesday afternoon football and and all that and all that good stuff. Um, 
they intended to ask Lamar about it. And because, of course, it was a night game. And they said, you know, do, do you think COVID-19 had anything to do with the cramping in the situation? About the, and I think this is an interesting thing to follow now that we're seeing all these players that have tested, actually tested positive and had symptoms. Because they, the people that don't have symptoms of this, we know they just it just comes and goes. It's no big deal. But these lasting effects on these super human athletes is interesting. They said, you know, Lamar, do you think this had an effect? And he said, he thinks it did because you got a situation with you being hot while you're running around. You got the cold air. Uh, it, it is a respiratory disease. You know, it, it, it does, you know, I mean, you can see Miles Garrett, who had COVID nineteen. You can see he he was visually more gassed, and this was last week as well. He's been back for two games himself. Um, you could see that these players are getting affected by this. Now, yeah. Lamar Jackson torched us. Um, Miles Garrett was still an issue. But I, I can't agree more with these running quarterbacks. You cannot rush the passer of a running quarterback the way you rush the passer on Daniel Jones. I mean, even Daniel Jones. Like, I know he's more athletic, but you can't rush Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson like you would Daniel Jones and Baker Mayfield. You just can't do it. And, and I mean, we did it, and then Lamar just would go, whoop, whoop, whoop. I mean, yeah. there was a point. There was a point where they had scored like 30-some points and he had thrown six passes. You know, like, it wasn't that great when he was throwing it until the fourth quarter after he pooped. But the thing about playing injured, we had a conversation about this with uh, Baker Mayfield's bruised ribs uh, going into the Pittsburgh game when they got got boat raced. And, And we said, you know, they asked him, I had heard some people, you know, some some, you know, sports people online say something about, well, you know, his, his ribs are hurt. And my thing is, I know that, <coughs> excuse me, that <coughs> the players are going to want to play. I, I, and, I, and listen, I would want to play. I would want to be responsible. But if it is hindering you, I think that responsibility, ultimately, I think it falls on the head coach. But when you are building a relationship with a head coach and a quarterback, like your head coach and your quarterback need to be in line. Even if your head coach is not an offensive guy, like Joe Judge, he is not. A, now, he's. I've heard that a lot of people talk a lot of great things about him, that he's an all-around coach. But he isn't an offensive he's, coordinator. He's a smart guy. Don't get me wrong. He knows that. But he's got no C for a reason. And I respect that out of him mm-hmm. that he uses – the guys around them. Um, yeah, that's a, that's that's a, the good marking of a good co- making of a good coach is the ability to make a good coaching staff because you can't do everything. Yeah. Yep. But I think that falls on Daniel Jones and um, and Joe Judge. And then I think once the decision to put him out there and you realize he's not being effective, I think that also falls on a, on a veteran coach like Jason Garrett to come over to a rookie head coach and say, I mean, Jason Garrett's been a head coach. How many years was he the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? 10 years. I, I mean, I, so he comes over and I, I would, I don't know. I don't know how Daniel Jones felt, but in that game, like you said, it felt like they needed a spark. It felt like Colt McCoy who had had some success uh, it, during their during their four game win streak, which was had carried over into this game, I just I feel like I would love to. I'm sure those conversations went on. I would love to know what they w- would like to come on. But if you if a guy like like if Lamar Jackson, his hamstring was bothering him, like you're really thinking about putting Trace McSorley out there, right? Because and so like that to me is like Daniel Jones, people that don't understand that now his game is not his running is not as big a part of his game as Lamar Jackson. But people don't understand that for me, Daniel Jones is 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 closer to a 60 40 kind of guy. Like it's a 60 percent his arm, 40 percent his legs and, and and maybe 35. But that's a big chunk. If you don't have that, man, listen, like. We know you're a baller. Like, we know Daniel Jones well, is a baller. But, like, be smart. Here's the biggest thing. You know, watching Daniel Jones now for just about two seasons, two full seasons, you see 
Daniel Jones has some big playability with his legs. Yeah, absolutely. You don't see it a lot with his arm. Yeah. I mean, that's just a, that's a, the reality that we see. Now, granted, I think the Giants really, if, if, if Daniel Jones is their quarterback next year, which what I'm seeing, he will be. You're probably you're, 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 you've you've tumbled in the world of the draft class, so I think you yeah. almost have to do it. Yeah. So, offensive line got to improve. Hands down, you have to improve. There. You've got to protect your quarterback because if you go back down to it, if J- Jones is in a protected pocket and he has some protection, he's very successful throwing the ball. Yeah. Very successful. Mm-hmm. Um. He needs a clean pocket to do that. Now, granted, I mean, you're not always going to have a clean pocket. I recognize that. Everybody does. And that's when he's able to use those legs as, as playmaking abilities. But going back to this, they have got to invest in some support in the receiving core. Because I'll be honest, man, like Evan Ingram, sorry. He's not playing up to his potential. I don't. I don't know what's going on with him. So Evan but, Ingram, this is an interesting stat, and I don't know the exact numbers for it, so I'm not going to pretend I do. But but I meant to bring this up to you because it, you bring up Evan Ingram. They uh, there's a chart on. I don't know who makes it. It's one of these next gen stats guys, and um, he where drops the amount of drops in the effective amount of points that they lost. Like a drop touchdown, you lost yeah. six points. The guy that leads the league in in drops and points lost is Evan Ingram, and it's not even close. I think if you add up his drops and the points that were left on the board that could have been scored, it's over 20 points. No. And the next closest guy is like 10. Just, just talking about it, there's one specific catch that would have been a game. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was this season. He yeah. hit him right in the hands late in the fourth quarter. That would have sealed it, and he drops it. That was a night game, um, wasn't it? Um, that, was a, that was a night game. That was a Philly game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Eagles. It was, a, it was the first Eagles game. Uh, those are the things you can't drop, but it's not just the points that's lost. The turnover, not the turnover, sorry. The first downs that haven't been completed because he's dropped. That leads you know, to even got, more points. Exactly. So that's huge. And he, by far, has the most drops on the Giants' offense. But I can tell that they want to use Evan Ingram a lot. I mean, he he's physically gifted. He just drops the ball too much. Sterling Shepard, he's okay. Um, after his in- injuries of last year, I don't think he's quite the same as what he's historically been. Golden Tate, he made a great catch last week with Daniel Jones. I think he caught it and brought it down to like the maybe the two or three yard line. It was, it was good. Um, Darius Slayton, I'm a big fan of Darius Slayton. Right now, he's not a number one guy. Um, but... The receiving core has to improve. I think he needs a little bit more assistance on that. I think he needs more consistency in the tight end spot. Um, hopefully next year, Saquon Barkley returns and he is back to his normal self. Um, but don't sleep on Wayne Goldman. That dude's been balling out. I've been really liking what I've seen. Uh, but look, Daniel Jones, unfortunately, he's not doing well again. I hate to see that on Sunday. He's probably going to be there next year. I don't know how I feel about it. I'll be honest about it. I really don't know how to feel about it. I am, I'd be okay with shopping somebody else. If he is back next year, sure, man. I hope I see something different because I three years in a row of this type of play, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself in the next year, but that's bad news. It's rough, too. I mean, you're still very much alive in this race, but it's rough, too, when going into relevant December football then to have a game like this that then yeah. makes you feel like you no longer have relevant December football. I mean, there's still a shot. you still got a shot. You're only one game out. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, one game out, but, you know, with injuries, with playing him during that injury, how long now is he going to be out? Because I, I have a feeling that if you sit him against the Cardinals – that he's ready to go against the Browns and almost nearly 100%, and you reduce that chance of now a sprained ankle that he suffered with the Cardinals. Yes, so, now he's got you know, two lower leg injuries. 
Right. So now you you play one game, you get hurt. Now you're out against the Browns. How far down the road does that go? Does that extend into week 15 or 16? You know, I don't know. We, uh, I just got word. Derek Carr has gone down. Marcus Mariota is warming up for the Raiders. Um, I don't know the score. I, I, did, I did just see that. Hey, we never get to break news on the show, so I wanted to break That's that. That's exciting. Yeah, it's the first time for everything, man. I don't have the game on or anything, but but uh, I I got like Adam, I get like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter updates like as they come flying at me. Yeah. Also, it's snowing like a son of a bitch, I guess, right now outside here. Oh, yeah, nice. looks like it's gonna snow all through the night, so um, be prepared. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, yeah. listen. The Bradbury, the James Bradbury news being out with the COVID list on um, for for the Browns game, it, it it's like I'm not I'm not going to sit here and try to be cocky. I, I I don't I don't get anywhere with it, but I am feeling like I mean you you got Freddie. Listen, listen. listen. Oh, God. Hey, like I said, man, you're going to beat us by 50 with Freddie Kitchens calling the shots. I would rather put Jason Garrett on the Zoom call and have him call the plays from home than Freddie Kitchens. Listen here, man. If it's fourth and nine and he goes for it, watch for that phantom draw play. That's all I'm saying. We'll get, we'll get into that. Let me let me bring up the Cleveland Braves. Um, I, I said this early on. I said that we cannot – as fans, we can have moral victories. And I will say that week one, we lost 38-6 to to this squad. Um, this is a great defense. We hung 42 on them. Um, I think if there was 30 seconds on the clock when Tucker makes that field goal, I think Baker wins it. Um, I, I just – we said Baker. I've, I've Listen, I wavered a little bit in the midseason – because you you played terribly against Pittsburgh, and it was rough to see that. Was Baker Mayfield? I will no longer accept any slander of any kind anywhere, social media, in person, otherwise of Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker Mayfield went against the Titans, which is what you told me he had to do. You know, everybody out there told me you have to go, and I did too. And you said go out there and do it. Uh, he shredded him. You said okay. The Titans' defense isn't that great. And I said, okay. But you told me Baltimore's defense is great. Well, he hung 42 on you. Now, listen, I will tell you the things that – the reason I walk away from this game and I'm not that upset about it is because of this. What I saw out of this Cleveland Browns team is something I've never seen out of a Cleveland Browns team. Listen, they they uh, they tied it at 14. Uh, Lamar did some Lamar things and made it 21 to 14 right before half, even though Browns had kind of some phantom, that, that phantom offensive pass interference that wiped out a first down. Nah, okay. Um, but, but whatever. Okay. So the, the, the Ravens get the ball to start it and they drive down, they go 28 to 14. And I thought, shit, I've seen this narrative before. It's going to be 38 to 14. We're going to get our asses trumped, and I'm going to sit here at nine and four, not understanding why it hurts. Right? What happens? They go down and they drive and they score a touchdown, and it's it's thirty four to twenty, and, uh, because they missed the extra point. And I thought, man, thirty four to twenty. Well, this is this is great. You know, you're still hanging around in this thing. Baker throws an interception. Uh, they get the ball back. Baker throws an interception. Just one of the, just a bad interception. Uh, he 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 he'll want it back a million times over. It was just a terrible interception. He throws this interception. You go, you now go down fourteen points. They missed the extra point. It's thirty four to twenty. It's in the late in the third quarter. This is it. This is it. I have seen this narrative too many times. This is it. After that interception, Baker Mayfield goes 11 of 14 for 150 yards, two touchdowns, and he runs a touchdown. That's a franchise quarterback. That is a guy that can compete with anybody. That defense cannot compete with anybody. I feel like now that we're seeing this Baker Mayfield 
you know, reflecting back, it almost seems to me that Baker Mayfield's biggest enemy or hurdle or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it, was himself earlier in the season. Um, because we've seen a little bit different of an attitude with Baker. Um, I think that chip on his shoulders got bigger after he got so much flack, especially during that Steelers game where he just was awful. And now he's balling out, which is good for him. I like Baker Mayfield, and I think he's doing really well, and I want to see him continue to do well, which reminds me, Joe Shush, did you see what he said about Baker Mayfield? He said, I fucking love Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he loves his ass. I love Joe Judge. Like, listen, I've always liked the guy, but the dude comes out there and just says it like that, like that, like a fucking boss. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, Judge, I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I'm like, that's cool. Because, yeah, dude, Baker Mayfield, he's matured a lot over the past year or so. It's what we you asked know, him to do. Like, what's that? It's what we asked him to do. Yeah, I mean, because you saw that chip when he was younger – but that sense of immaturity with it. And it rubbed people the wrong way. Now you see the chip and a solid leader behind the offense and the team, which is great. I love his attitude too, man. Go out there. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I hope he throws 12 interceptions on Sunday. That's really the only Giants chance, okay? Yeah, I, I respect it. Like, but outside of that, I don't want him to throw a single interception the rest of the season. I really don't. Um, I don't want him to win games. But, yeah, you guys have a good quarterback. I did see that Colin Cowherd earlier this week. Uh, I think it was Colin Cowherd. Cowherd was being a dumbass, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. I, I, man, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was Colin Cowherd where he said, he said Baker Mayfield isn't good. I think that's, like, straight out what he said. Maybe it was somebody that talked to you. It was a very – No, it was – Okay. Okay. I think I know which one you're talking about, and I actually did want – and I'm glad you brought this up. It was Brandon Marshall, the former wide receiver for the, the – or maybe you might not have heard this one, but this was – Yeah, Brand, I know it was Cowherd for sure. Cowherd didn't – Cowherd basically said that the Browns are trying so damn – they're not a Super Bowl contender because they're trying so damn hard to make this – to make Bayfer, Baker Mayfield work. That was what he said. Yeah. He, eh, bite me. Two, two games against great teams you said he had to play. He throws for almost 700 yards, 67%, yeah. seven touchdowns, one interception. He runs one in. He hangs 40 on both of them. Bite me. But this is what Brandon Marshall said. You react to this as I reacted to this, I'm sure. Nick – Brandon Marshall, by the way, like you remember Brandon Marshall. It's the the wide receiver used to play uh, Denver. That's fine. Years ago. He did. He did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he's an idiot. Um, oh, yeah, he's awesome. And I heard he does this quite often. I don't watch his show. Uh, he was he's on First Things First with Nick Wright. Now I like Nick Wright a lot. I think he's a very he comes he goes on Cowherd's show and stuff a lot too. I, I like Nick Wright. Well, Nick Wright says um, he's he's talking about he was talking about Baker Mayfield. And Brandon Marshall says Baker Mayfield's not good. Baker Mayfield's out here riding a running game and a good defense. I'm sorry, did you watch that defense? A good, yeah. a good defense. Forty-seven points. A defense doesn't let up. Forty-seven. A good defense doesn't let up. Forty-seven points. They run. They ran for just over a hundred yards. If you don't factor in Baker's twenty-five rushing yards, Baker threw for three forty-three. Oh yeah. yes, you're right. You're right. He just rode the coat. In these two biggest games of his career, he throws for almost 700 yards, 66% completion percentage. And Baker Mayfield's not any good? What we go back to, remember when they were talking that when you're winning those games, when you're playing those teams, Baker Mayfield needs to be the difference. And he, and he was, was. He was the difference of those games. People who don't see it, they, they just... They're just haters. People are going to hate Baker are. because of his mouth, because of his his crotch grab, you know. I hated Baker when he planted the flag. I mean, and, yeah, and part of me will always resent it, but when he's on your team doing that and you're winning... Right. I Like, listen, you didn't win this game, but Baker Mayfield played good enough to win this game. Lamar Jackson, you run into you ran into MVP Lamar, and not many people have beat MVP Lamar. I didn't watch the end of that Browns game. Uh, 
they they kicked a field goal late in the fourth, didn't they? They kicked a field goal with two seconds left. It was a 55-yard field goal, and it was being kicked by the greatest kicker of all time. I knew it was yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah, so so it was 40. Baker drives down and scores with a little over a minute to make it 42-42. And then they they drive down and they kick a field goal with two seconds left. And then the Browns tried to do a hook and ladder, which ended up yeah. resulting in a safety. And that's how yeah. the game that's how the game ended forty seven forty two. I've been on way too many losses when you go down the field and you score with more than a minute left or at a minute left. Oh, I knew I knew we were going to lose. I knew we were going to lose. Yeah, when that happens with the Giants, I know that's a loss. And Noelle will be watching, you know, the Giants game with me. She'll be all excited. She's like, oh, we're going to win. I'm like, no, it's over. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I've been here. I've sat here. I've witnessed this so many times in my life. (laughs) They will lose on some stupid field goal. And the last time I remember this, it was – Actually, it was our it's our current kicker. When he was at a different team, it was a sixty three yard field goal that we lost against. That hurts, man. That really hurts. He set a record kicking a field goal, beating the Giants with the last two seconds. I think it's Graham Gano. Um, and it was awful. Yeah, terrible. I um, I mean, it it, it was Justin Tucker, like. I knew it was over, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll, this is what I'm here to say. If anybody's listening and anybody gives a shit, I will fight you if you try to say Baker Mayfield is not a franchise quarterback. I will fight anybody. I will punch you in the throat. I don't care if you're bigger than me. I will punch you and then run away screaming like a little girl. But I'll defend him. Also, 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 did you know? Because I didn't. Did you know you can challenge 12 men on the field? You can challenge that. That's a challengeable play. Yeah. So the Browns had to challenge 12 men on the field um, in this game. And I said, I said to, my, uh, to, to, my, to my good buddy, Nick Steed, I said, did you know you could challenge that? He, he goes, I did, I did not. But so you say, how did they miss 12 men on the field? Um it's one thing to miss 12 men on the field. When they came back from uh, from commercial break, they showed me how many people were on the field. And there were 15 people on the field. Yeah. You missed 15 people on the field? I, I 15. Like discounting 12. Yeah, 12. It's one thing to miss 12. I can see that. You know, somebody's running and you gets, gets in front of somebody as you're counting it. Something happens with something like that, but 15. I can even excuse maybe 13, but 15? You missed 15. You, they should all be fired like right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fact of the matter. Because I can't trust any of your other calls. Yeah. Right. Shouldn't even, you shouldn't even need to challenge that. That should just be like, guys, what are you doing? You got 15 people here. Just point like, up at the big board. Like, yeah. Okay. All right, so that's our rants. That's where we're at. I'm going to ask you this. We talked about it, but there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. Do we wager on Sunday's game, or do we just have a normal conversation once we get to our picks? Look, you know. It's okay. It's okay. I don't want to take the cop out and not wager on it, however. The Bradbury thing to me—that was the—that was the tipping stone. I mean, I would have—he's probably your best defensive player, him and Leonard Williams, probably. Jabril Peppers has been playing his freaking head off. Like, good for that guy. Uh, but yeah, look, I would have probably taken the bet without Daniel Jones. We beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, but, Freddie Kitchens, Olivier Vernon, Kevin Zeitler. Revenge game. All these guys. Okay, Freddie Kitchens changes the game plan apparently before, right before the game. Morning of. Morning of. Whatever he was doing at the Browns. Um, Colt McCoy, I mean, he can win games. We've seen that. Uh, James Bradbury, though, that concerns me quite a bit. Yeah. Like... Yeah, and with Jason Garrett, 
not being there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's all right. It's all this, right. this is one of those things that if I were their bet, and then I get shocked, and the Giants shocks the world, then it's even sweeter. It's gonna be. You'll, but, be, you'll, you'll be very angry. But I don't see that. I, I'll be honest. I don't see that happen. I'm gonna pick the Giants to win when it comes down to that game. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. But I, I have room for concerns with all, with all the vacancies, and it's only what Thursday night. Who knows who's going to hit the COVID list in the next two days with James Bradbury going down. So, yeah, I'm going to opt out on the uh, the wager this time. Unfortunately, I was hoping it was going to be more of a uh, uh, exciting game going into it, but with all these guys going down, it's not the same for me. Justin Herbert has thrown a touchdown. He is now one touchdown from tying Baker Mayfield's rookie passing record of 27. But Mariota has thrown a 35-yard touchdown, and the Vegas Raiders, who are holding on by a thread with their playoff life, do lead 10-7 to in the second quarter over on NFL Network, if you guys are looking for that. All right, let's launch into the picks. Last week, as the same as this week, I get off work a little bit later. We're not able to pick the Thursday game, so our records are weird. Our wager is still on. I sit five games back at 69-45-1. Isaac's leading the pack, 74-40-1. What you learn here is if you bet the money line on our games – you will win money. I went eight and five last week. Isaac goes nine. I'm sorry, eight and six, and Isaac goes nine and five. So that's where we are. Listen to this next se- next segment. Make yourselves some money if you can do so legally. Sports gambling not legal in Ohio, except for in casinos. Okay. So we have some Saturday night football. Saturday afternoon and night football. A double header. On the NFL Network. I watch Good Morning Football every day. That's how I know. Um, The Bills travel to Denver at 4.30. Uh, I just think there's zero chance the Bills lose this game. Chance to wrap up the division. I think if they win and uh, Miami loses, I think they wrap up the division. I'll I'll take Buffalo. I don't see the Bills mostly losing that game. They came through with us last for us last week, uh, so we had a shot at the division. We bumbled that. Okay, uh, Panthers travel to Green Bay. I mean, this is an easy one, in, in my yeah. Green Bay just continues speaking, to come. Speaking of Green Bay, did you see the talk earlier this week where Aaron Rodgers just volunteered himself into the goat conversation as far as quarterbacks? Did he do it on Pat's show? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I watch bits and pieces of it because he always gets on there for like a half hour to an hour. And um, no, I didn't, but he's right. I mean, whatever he said, I'm, I'm sure I would agree with. Yeah, it was something along the lines of that there's so many people being considered in the GOAT conversation now that he imagines he should probably be in that conversation as well. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with him, so to speak. Um, but I kind of lose respect for the just saying, yeah, I'm a GOAT, but your stats aren't even comparable to Tom Brady's, but that's just me. Like, win some more championships and, and things like that, and consistently have the seasons like Tom Brady did, because there's been a couple seasons where Aaron Rodgers did not look like Aaron Rodgers. And even on Tom Brady's, like, not Tom Brady years, he was still Tom Brady, and it pissed everybody off. I always think know? that... The way I call this one, I always think Brady's the GOAT, but I think the best thrower of a football ever is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I should agree with that. That's that's how I've always put it, and I think that's probably how I'll always put it. He's definitely got the arm talent uh, that we haven't seen in a long time. So, So, speaking of Tom Brady, his 8-5 and Buccaneers travel to Atlanta. They're six-point favorites. Uh, Yeah, take me. I'll take Tom Brady. Yeah, I'll take uh, Rob Gronkowski in that one for sure. Here's a here's a stinker. Uh, the 49ers go to play the Cowboys at 1 o'clock on CBS on Sunday, and I... Whew, 
Look, man, like, it's, this is a tough one because both teams are bad. I'm going to go with the 49ers just because I don't want the Cowboys to win. Um, I want the Giants to make the playoffs and get embarrassed in the first round. I just want to make it to the playoffs. That's all that matters. I, yeah. I don't like this game at all, but I will take Andy Dalton. I'm going to take the better quarterback in that. This is where Red Rockets. Yeah. All right. The Lions host the Titans. The Titans are 11-point favorites, and I just don't see how the Lions can compete. I think it's closer than that. If you're taking the points and you're getting 11, I take Detroit. But if you're going straight up, I'm going to take the Titans. You know, at what point in time do the Lions not meet the mediocre category? They're five and eight, so they're they're firmly in competition. I would say mediocre for me is about seven and nine. Okay, they can still hit me. I gotta hit that mark. I'm taking the Titans. You'll take the Titans. Yeah. Okay. They can still hit that mark after. That's yeah. That's that's why I had to. I had to play that out in my head for a second. I really wanted, like, the Texans to do something last week. I thought they would handle the Bears, and the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky handled them. And right now, Old Man Rivers has turned back the clock. So I'm, I'm going to take the Colts to beat the Texans. I feel like we're picking all the same people here. We got one different. Okay, yeah. I mean, the Texans are not going to win that game. Don't get me wrong. Romeo Cornell, good for you. It's just not going They're to considering bringing him back. That'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I saw that. Uh, that was when they were playing the Browns. They were talking about that. Um, the Patriots who are just out of it at this point, not officially, but they're out of it, uh, playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a good shot to try to catch my Browns, so I need to root for them. I don't like this, but Belichick seems to have – you know, they're really oh, Jesus. Anyway, the, the Patriots seem to have Belichick has the Dolphins numbers. I'll take this. Part of this is the Browns fan in me trying to hope it just becomes an Listen, the Browns went out and they're fine anyway, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll take Belichick. That's a tough one. Why Cam Newton is just not looking good, man. So God, he does not look good. You want Miami? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we're, we're, for those of that are not aware, we are FaceTiming now. Um, as I work a little bit later, Isaac doesn't want to backtrack into town, and he shouldn't. And so when I, I spoke as Isaac was making his pick, and the mic shut him off, so I couldn't hear what he said. It's done that a couple times to you. So a pair of six and seven teams. I know which one's better, but I don't know which one's going to show up. Bears, Vikings. Man. You know, I think I'm going to take the Bears on this. And the fact that I think they got a momentum swing last week and they carry that on to beat the Vikings. That's the only reason I'm picking the Bears. Otherwise, I I think against the Bears all season long. Um, even when during the bear down um, era. Yeah. But yeah, taking the bears. All right. I, I will take Minnesota here. Um, the Washington football team, the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh, I'm up in the air. We need the Seahawks to win. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give me Seattle. Now, Russell has been a shell of himself lately. He's dropping out of the MVP race. I don't. I think he hears that chatter. I don't think he likes it. I'm going to take the Washington football team. Okay. I think, you know, I don't want to. I want them to lose because the Giants need help. But I think the Washington football team has the best defensive line in the league right now. Oh, absolutely, without question. Uh, I think they're getting hot right now, and that's a scary combination. Elite defensive line and a hot momentum team, and I saw the Giants win a Super Bowl with that combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know they're on pace to get to nine and seven, which that's what the Giants did when they won the Super Bowl. So, unfortunately, Washington scares me. I'm glad we've already played them twice, beat them twice. I really am. I uh, I'm not sure about Dwayne Haskins being back out there, and it looks like it's going to be him. That's the only. That's your only. 
That's your only hang-up. He's yeah. going to slow down and ruin it. He's not a good quarterback. He is not. Sorry. Glad the Giants didn't pick him. I'll take Daniel Jones over Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, you suck. Sorry. I wouldn't on draft night, but I think I agree with you now. Yeah, on draft night, I was I was the opposite. But seeing what we've seen, sorry, man. It's just, you're not very good. Okay, yeah. Okay, uh, Ravens, Jags. Sorry, Jags. The Ravens are going to win that one. I feel bad for the Jags because that'll be 13 in a row, but whatever. Um, can the Jets get off the schneid? Can they no. avoid? Oh, they're, the march continues. Okay, the Rams. I agree. I agree. The march continues. The march towards perfect. My Browns record that they hold with the Lions of 0-16 it is in danger because because next week they do play the Cleveland football Browns. And, um, yeah, here we go. All right, um, a really weird matchup here because I don't know. I I just I thought Jalen Hurts had zero chance to win and he won, uh, and now I thought Kyler Murray was dead and then he now he's not. So now you got the Eagles and the Cardinals, and I I just go to the better quarterback in this matchup, and I think it's Arizona. So I'm going to take Arizona, but God, this game feels weird to me. Yeah, I'm going to take Arizona just because I think they may have gotten their spark back a little bit. But look, Jalen Hurts coming in and starting to play, it's kind of worrisome. I'm glad that it's now. And, um, but They can't move Carson's contract. Like this is this, The offseason in Philly is going to be just wild. Yeah, it is. But I think Jalen Hurts is giving them the spark that they need, honestly. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, I wouldn't – if the Eagles were to pull it out, it wouldn't necessarily shock me, I guess. Uh, but I think the Cardinals are the better team. Oh, I'll agree with you there. It shocked me when they won last week. If they find a way to win this week, I won't be. Uh, yeah. Chiefs, Saints. Um, I'm taking the Saints. You know, I am too because – there's a chink in, in, in Casey's armor, and I know they're going to slip up again, and I think this is where it happens. Yeah, I do too. We'll, we'll skip the next game. We'll call it last. So Monday night, Steelers-Bengals. I wish Burrow was out there because the Steelers are finally – there's a chink in their armor, and they're being revealed for I don't think they're as good as their record says. They're a playoff team but not a Super Bowl contender kind of team in my opinion. Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. I mean, he just – he looks old. And, like, listen, he's killed the Browns. He killed the Browns this year. He might kill the Browns again. But I don't think they're that good. But, listen, Cincinnati's worse, so give me Pittsburgh. Yeah, I can't bet against Pittsburgh, especially against the Bengals. So. Joe Burrow's out there, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that dude's good, but – So we go to Sunday Night Football. We go to the game that Michael Irvin said – he said, these Cowboys have reached an all-time low, something I never thought was going to happen. The Cowboys have been flexed out of prime time for the Browns. You're damn right. America's former team has been replaced by America's new team that dwell in Northeast Ohio. So the Cleveland Browns fought, traveled to MetLife to their first of two in a row on the road in MetLife. Where, where, if they win this year, if they win this game and next game in MetLife, they will tie the Giants for the most wins in MetLife this year. We got the Browns, we got the Giants. What's going on here? Look, the Giants have some uh, issues that they're going to have to, it's an uphill battle for them. I'm taking the Giants. I got to stay true to blue. Look, Joe Judge has done a phenomenal job of motivating the troops. Absolutely. to fight. Yeah. Coach Judge, for the love of God, please do it again. Please hold. Please rein in, Freddie. Like, just ruin the Browns' day. I just want their day to be ruined one time this season. That's it. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. If you're listening... Help us out here. It's an uphill battle. I'm taking the Giants. 
they're capable of doing this, right? I know that I know that there's some holes right now. They're still capable. It's just going to be a little more difficult. They're they're a very capable football team. Losing James Bradbury hurts. It's not the end of the world. Uh, the Browns get Denzel Ward back. It looks like that's awesome. Um, I think Baker is red hot. I think if you try to tell me that anybody not named Kevin Stefanski is the coach of the year, I will tell you you're stupid. Um, now, now, is there other very good coaches that have very good years? Like, listen, I think I think Cleveland and New York ha- made the right call, and I think Washington did too with their head coaches. Those those first year head coaches, of course, Ron Rivera has been. Uh, uh, a head coach before, but but of the new hires coming into this year, listen, Stephen Jones says they are rolling with Mike McCarthy again next year with Dallas, and I think that is going to be a fun ride because they're going to suck again. Yeah. More crying Michael Irvin on NFL Network. So I think that Coach Stefanski gets 10 wins in uh, a season where he had to install his offense via Zoom. I think Coach Stefanski takes care of the Giants on Sunday. I think it's a close game. Um, I think if anybody pulls away, it will be Cleveland because of the running game in the fourth quarter. I think that if, if it becomes a game that is decided by two, possessions i think it's because and and we've seen cleveland do this to a lot of teams where they just battering ram you with nick listen people think that cream hunts a scat back just watch cream cream hunt runs with a lot of power and when those guys pound at you and pound at you they can run away with it in the fourth like when we gave up a first down a fourth down a third down conversion to trace mcsorley when the browns led 35 34 um I was very upset because I knew with that amount of time left, if the Browns got the ball back, they were they'd already they wore down the Ravens and they were going to run the clock. They were going to win it. I I think it's a situation where the Browns maybe get the ball with a three to a seven point lead in the fourth quarter with five minutes and the Giants never touch it again. That's where I'm. We're gonna find out. Prime time football. Prime time football. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. So, um, yeah, everybody, vaccines rolling out there. The world will get back. The world's gonna be back to where it it, it should be before we know it. I uh, I think next year will be a normal football season. We'll be able to get back out there. We'll be able to watch our boys play. Everybody have. I mean, I guess Merry Christmas. Not quite. I guess we'll record on Christmas Eve. Uh, but everybody stay safe, be careful out there, and we'll talk to you next week.